But the party was nice, the party was something And everybody having a ball I tell the fellas start the name calling And the girls respond to the call I have a for the total disaster of wanting, moving from one part of the show to the next. That was a total disaster, but hopefully you're all still here and ready to go for the next. Um, I would like to say thank you very much to Jim Crosby for joining us. Unfortunately, he's had to go. Um, he did say to thank everybody for, um, for going on, uh, for literally sharing all of the links with us and literally being able to think. He, he and I both are saying the same thing. We need to work together to make change and really to stop this happening. Now, um, I have seemed to have lost the lady that was um, called in who was the um, retired officer. If she'd like to call back in, that would be fine. I'm, I'm going to be continuing the show for the next two hours, simply because I think that we all need to bring in and say your thoughts. Please let me just insist on something. 
it is no good saying to me about a dog that has been killed and everything. I, I cannot change it, okay? I am sorry for everybody who's lost their dog. I can't even put into words how I feel for all of you because I know what my dogs are like to me. They are my babies. They are my protectors. They are the ones that I talk to when I'm on a real downer and they listen, but they don't tell me anything back. They don't tell me what to do or not do or whatever else. If I'm poorly, they lie with me and they comfort me. They give me healing that I can't explain to anybody else. But you can only be explain all of that to another dog person, another dog owner, a person that's had a dog for 15 years that knows every trait of their dog. So this is where it's quite weird to me. I don't understand all of that. Do you know what I mean? It makes no sense to me. Uh, for that chief um, to actually say that he owned a dog, I wonder how he would feel. I want to, first of all, I've got two callers waiting. Um, I want to firstly go to, um, let me see which buttons I'm pressing here, because I'm pressing the, oh, totally the wrong buttons. Um, I'm going to bring um, Eddie into the show. Um, he was on last week. Hi, Eddie. How are you doing? Good. Uh, Sue, how are you doing? Um, actually, my, I think my voice will be going in approximately two hours, and, and I can't believe I, I won't be able to survive without my voice, as everybody will know. Um, but what have you thought of our show so far? Oh, I, th- I, I, I thought uh, the, the two, two uh, ex-officers there that you had on sharing uh, their experiences was quite uh, acceptable. Uh, yes, there are things that... Uh, we have to acknowledge uh, when an officer approaches a situation uh, that they're not sure of, and especially if it's a, a, a drug. But obviously, you know, they have to deal with a, a lot of situations that can, can, can happen. Uh, but I just want to stress, and this is the most important thing, until we begin to understand how the canine sees his world around him, then and only then can we understand and better train our dogs, you know, which are our family members, you see. Um, the state considers them property here in the States. There's only one state, I believe, and I've been trying to get information on it, where they were able to pass a law where the canine is considered a family member. And uh, I'm doing the research on it, so as soon as I get it, I will uh, bring it to your attention and, and publish it. But then and only Definitely. then that we, we can bring us to a situation. This is what I find, though, that a lot of people, they have concerns, and then sometimes all that energy, they put it in the wrong direction, okay? My energy was to address it with the sheriff's department. Right now, the Monroe County Sheriff in, in uh, the state of New York, okay, I have petitioned them to institute a training for their officers on how to handle an unfamiliar canine. And look, basically, on, on top of that, I mean, there should be a protocol. But, you know, when you use common sense, common sense is sound judgment. That in itself can take you a long way. One of the, yeah. the uh, your speakers there mentioned about a dog. A dog, yes. A dog reacts to sound and uh, movement. So when somebody starts running, that dog is going to give chase. Sometimes, on the most part, too, they think it's playtime. You know, other dogs, 
it, it, it could be a, a different situation because every situation obviously is uh, uh, different. Uh, but when I petitioned them, I did not get any strikes. They just got on board and started assessing what it was going to take. It was going to take some time because they needed to reach out to the professionals that know how to deal with an unfamiliar dog. You see, that, that was common sense right there. They acknowledged that they didn't have that resource. So they had to yeah. reach out to the Humane Society, uh, Animal Control, and then assess it so they can bring on uh, comprehensive training. Then uh, I think Jim mentioned, about, of course, about the cost being cost-effective. It is very expensive to train on-hands training, and depending how large the police department is, you can run it into $150,000 easy. So it can be done uh, in a very but, effective but way. You, for sorry, but Eddie, even on that point alone, you were saying it might cost 150000 They are actually talking lawsuits at the moment of $620,000. 620000 yeah. Yep. I mean, if, if you're, uh, if, if, if it's because you're adding overtime, you know, because, again, you have to assess that you can't have them all at a training, uh, obviously, because you need officers patrolling the street. Um, but, like, what our depart- the department here is doing, next month they institute uh, the training with the cadets at the academy. Uh, the lieutenant, uh, administrative lieutenant, that I have been working with uh, uh, is now Commander, Commander Phelps. And he is in charge of the training center. So I don't think this is all a coincidence. I think it's uh, meant to be that this is all falling into place. And he has assured me and given me his word that all the ideas that I have presented that he would put into place in our group. Our group is Canine Partners of Monroe County. And I started the group to address not only the, the police department, but the politicians, so we can address the laws, what needs to be changed. I have a Congress, a senator, that's on board to take it to the state. Now, this is news because this was just uh, announced yesterday. The sheriff that we're working with, Sheriff O'Flynn, has been appointed to as president of the New York State uh, Sheriff's Association, and that's a voted position. All the, the sheriffs across New York State had to vote for him to become sheriff, and he was sworn in by the lieutenant governor, uh, Duffy, and the lieutenant governor, Duffy, he was uh, chief of police in Rochester, New York, and also mayor. So we're heading in the right direction because I'm pretty, I know that he's going to be sharing his program with the canines. Uh, uh, what, what, what they're doing. So we're going in the right direction. So people that have concerns, I encourage them to start addressing your sheriff, police department, because the most important thing that they would want is partnership with the community. Because if yeah. you don't have that partnership, they want, they know that they need that partnership and only to bring more safety to uh, the community and we're talking about canines. Yes, canines. That's so important that you know how to handle an unfamiliar dog. But it, I was so curious to see, 
and I went to the city of Rochester, uh, the prevention, dog bite. And this is uh, the Rochester City Police, and they had the do's and don'ts when confronting a dog. I'm thinking to myself, well, how come your officers are not implementing uh, this? See? But here or there, uh, I did tweet the, the chief of, of police um, on Twitter the other day, and his response to me, my question was, if he would join the Monroe County Sheriff in their training of their officers with the canine training. And he responded that he's assessing it with the Humane Society, and obviously it's our partnership where the Monroe County Sheriff's Humane Society were working to assess everything that needs to be done to bring this change, to bring this safety uh, to the community. And officers are involved, search safety of the officer, the canine, and obviously it's someone's property. I always say, you know, it's the human behind that dog that we're looking at. So that's a lot of value right there in itself, you see. Yeah. So I, I, I encourage people to move, use that energy, that frustration they have, that energy in a positive way to organize um, and present these concerns to bring some type of change so it can happen. Right now, um, uh, I, I'm pleased because at least it's a model for the state across the country and around the world because uh, I get responses from around the world. And I thank all those supporters, beautiful people that support our, our, our cause here, and I'm just hoping that they can get the same results that uh, we're getting here. And uh, you have to start somewhere. So you can't get disappointed or discouraged. They're going to keep on doing this. Well, no, there, there is a starting point, and then you can take it from there to better the lives of our canines, uh, reduce the risk of any dog getting shot, um, or, more important, an officer. There have been officers in the United States, one was killed because his partner was shooting at a dog, and he killed his partner. And that's what we were referring to, a, a projectile hitting the partner, the human partner. Yep. See? So these are the concerns that we also have, you know, to make right. And um, I think we're just, you know, sometimes you have to have patience, you know, because sometimes if they've never had anything like this in place, well, then it's going to take time to assess it and to get something going. Uh, Fort Worth, Texas, what they did, they reached out to Monroe County Sheriff's because they didn't see anyone in the country doing anything like this. And then yeah. uh, Commander Phelps, he, did, he, he got right on it and started uh, communicating with them, uh, giving them all the information and what they were doing to, to kick it off. And, of course, Fort Worth, Texas instituted it uh, in October, and then there were five communities in Texas that wanted and were requesting that type of training. So, you know, the, the ball is sort of rolling, you know, and uh, maybe yeah. we can get it snowballed uh, so other communities can uh, catch on, and it will, it will work. It will work because you, you're allowing it to work. Yeah. Yeah. 
the, thi- the thing is, Andy, you're absolutely right. You know, we, we need to... We can sit here all day and we can say about the police are this, the police are that, and police are the other. But the other thing is, firstly, not all police are bad. Second thing is, there's probably a lot out there that will listen to the show and think, do you know what, they're absolutely right, that's exactly what we need. But you'll always have the odd, small minority that will say, no, I don't want to know about that, I hate dogs because, and like the other person said, you know, they got bitten when they were a kid or they're frightened of them because of whatever. Uh, but the thing is, none of us can knock that because all of us are frightened of something. Do you know what I mean? Right. Even in whatever job you're in, it doesn't matter. There's always going to be something that frightens you. But if you've got the training in place, that could be changed. But, right. but do you know, what, Eddie? I don't know if you heard all the show, but when um, when the chief was on, it just really did get to me the fact that he said about. He was discriminating dogs in the sense of saying, well, if it's a pit bull, you know, it's going to be a different matter than a chihuahua or whatever. He'd, he'd already put a label on dogs beforehand, before he'd even opened the door to judge the, judge the equation. Right. You know, he'd, he'd already judged the fact that if it's a drug household, that dog is going to be protecting the home of drug dealers. Ultimately, exactly. if that wasn't the case, that's not always the case. No, no mean? And and so if you know, I, my thought is, we have got a, a big a big job to do. We all have to work as a team, and we do have to bring everything all together in one place. Because if we have got a chief saying that sort of thing, and he is the one that's overlooking everybody else, it is going to be a, a difficult job. But we do need to get together to be able to put a change in place. Right. Do you know what I mean? I agree. So, I agree, yes. But, um, Eddie, are you in the chat room at the moment? Uh, uh, what was that? I, I didn't catch that. Sorry, are you in the chat room as well? Uh, no, no, uh, no, I'm not. Okay, well, what I'll say to everybody is, um, Eddie will be putting links into the Ask Sue Show group after... Um, and obviously, we'll keep us, um, I'm sure, Eddie, you'll keep us updated on, on how things are going. But, you know, if you want to put links in of the canine group and everything, because I do just, I will say to everybody that it's not just about the Asu Show. We want to get everybody else and all the other groups together in one place. So maybe, you know, the, the canine group could join us next time as well, and we can, you know, get this, literally, get this show on the road, as they say. <laughs> yes, yes. And here's another thing. Uh, we have to learn uh, to set certain differences uh, aside. Um, uh, we're working on common ground because I might disagree with somebody, but I'm not going to let and risk the safety of our canines so we don't work to accomplish the common goal. That is so important yep. because sometimes yep. you can get wrapped up in certain discussions. And me and the, and, and, and the sheriff, we both agreed we don't have time to discuss or argue with people this and that. We got time to get the job done. You requested this, this training, and all we have time is to do something about it, assess it, get it done. And that's what it takes. That's what it takes, people coming together and trying to see the change uh, and working the solution uh, to do this. this. And, and, you know, I... I, even with my, my dog, you know, 
it, it, it's so funny because you know how they do certain things and everything. But one thing I do, I teach them words because they can learn all up to 200 words. You see, and then if I teach them uh, a command, I'll you I'll incorporate a hand signal, and people are amused because the breed is an American Staffordshire part of the breed, and they've never seen a, a, a breed of uh, his his nature doing these things. But it's just to prove a point that you can teach them like any other dog. It's just taking the time, the investment, uh, the responsible ownership that one has. And I encourage people to even uh, check out what their dog ordinance says in their communities, you know, in their municipalities, because that's so important, which I did. And, of course, I posted in our, in our group so people are aware uh, you know what the dog ordinances uh, say, because it's you know it's important to take le- legal measures so you don't lose your dog uh, in case you know animal control is around or you know any any circumstances uh, arises. Yeah. But uh, I think it's I think more and more people are coming together. And if we can, as your show is very, uh, I, I I did enjoy last week's show. And then your guest today brought up some very important uh, concerns and, and issues. Um, and uh, I, I know that Jim mentioned something about tasers and everything. I don't know how well they will work uh, on them because with certain dogs, but they can be big. And then if they take the chasing, uh, taking off, then you aggravate the situation. But you know, a non-lethal uh, manner uh, in approaching a dog um, is more appropriate. Like I said, our utility company in, in the city, they train other meter readers on how to uh, approach a dog. And I, I got firsthand because I, I just so happened ran into one, and then he had two dogs run up on him. And the first thing he did, he, he froze. As soon as he did that, well, the dogs, they did retreat. They really... You know, they were just acknowledging there was a stranger there. Uh, no harm done, and then they just they, they, they retreated. And, of course, they have a tool with, uh, I, I refer to it about, as a bike stick, but uh, you can refer to it as a baton with a tennis ball as, as a, a, a tool to, uh, for preventive measures. Okay. Yeah. So something can be done, and it's working because you don't hear of any incidences with meter readers in the city. You see, and oh, yep. there's one thing I have to say, which I caught Jim. Uh, I think you mentioned it is the media, but the media is what uh, a lot of the media they usually bring the bad attention with these dog bites. And whenever it's a pit bull breed, it's always reported. It's never, never, never failed. You see, yep. so and I had to address it with one of our media anchor people that did the story. Um, because he was referring to these dog bites, you know. But there are a lot of people that don't report, report dog bites because they're small dogs or they belong to yep. their family member or a neighbor, so they're not going to call the police on these small dogs, you know. Yep. Um, exactly. And, and, yeah, exactly. And also, and, let's face it, how, how many adults, I mean, I'm going to say adults, we won't bring the children in but how many adults would feel a bit pathetic saying, I've just been bitten by a chihuahua? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, you know what I mean? Uh, and that's I, just, that's and just, I've seen, that's I've just seen, a society, I, really, isn't it? 
Yeah, and I've seen people joke about it after they gotten bit by a, a little chihuahua. They're laughing because, the, you know, the little dog was, was protecting his little territory, you know. Um, but you're exactly right. You know, and, and and to be fair, that's almost like we're almost even on our own discriminating them, but because we don't want to, because let's face it, a lot of the time, most of us don't want to ring the police unless it's something of importance. But does, but in that thing, we will re- won't report if it's a chihuahua, even though it's ripped the hell out of our leg. But then, if it was a, a pit bull or a rottweiler, or whatever, we would more likely report it. Right. Do you see what I mean? So, you know, maybe there is actually more reports out there for these smaller dogs than actually brought forward. Right. Which could be the other side of it. So, um, Eddie, are you okay for time? I'm just thinking because we've got another caller on the line as well. Oh, no. Well, you can go to the next caller. I just wanted to be able to, because I said I was going to be on, and I did catch uh, your early listeners, uh, but uh, I'll be listening. Yes, okay then, Eddie. Well, listen, thank you so much for coming on the show, and everybody, please check out Eddie's um, links on the Ask Sue Show group, which will be on later on. I'm not going to hold him to time, bless him, but um, it will be on the show later on. Eddie, thank you so much for calling into the show tonight. Thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you very much, Eddie. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And uh, if anybody's got a pint that's um, sitting by them at all and they'd like to pass it through, by all means, pass it over, because really, <laughs> I've got to stage the old voices trying me out here. Anybody else who wants to call in, please call in on 347-327-9694. Um, right, so we'll go to the lines now. Um, hi, Beth, how are you doing? Very well, Sue, how are you? <laughs> Besides this throat, I'm actually doing okay. Um, <laughs> now... Tell everybody, um, you were, did, sorry, I very quickly caught up with you before we spoke to Eddie. Um, you've got a group or a page, is that right? Yes. Um, if you look on Facebook, uh, it's Cop versus Canine, the hidden epidemic that's killing our companions. Um, you can okay. also find me on Twitter at Cop vs. Canine. So it's just Cop versus Canine on Twitter and also Cop versus Canine at Blogspot. I've thought I've I've got it in my head who you are now. Sorry, I have been just so inundated all day. It's been just a mental day. I've seen the page and went, oh, of course. <laughs> yes, How are absolutely. you doing? How's it going? You know, I'm um, I'm getting a lot of likes, and uh, basically, I'll just let people know what we're doing. I'm working on a book about this, and also uh, in the preliminary stages of of uh, fundraising for a documentary. I would like to do a full length documentary about this. I have a uh, a good uh, consulting team behind me, an Emmy-winning documentary filmmaker, and um, it looks like it's going to go forward. Um, I would like to address, I would like to tell the story of some of the dogs that have been killed, and I would like to look at solutions and look at what people think uh, really the issues are, speak to some experts about uh, dog training and and uh, and why police are put in this position or, or why why that's going on. Excellent, excellent. How, how have you found um, the response to people? Are they all angry or are people actually wanting to move forward? Well, I think at this point, you know, I mean, it, it's probably a lot like Elizabeth Kubler-Ross's five stages of dealing with, you know, of death or whatever. Yeah. I mean, uh, people are in the anger stage right now. 
Um, And I think that, you know, the anger stage is never very constructive, except that it galvanizes people into into action, which I think is very important. I mean, at this point, we really need for the public to be aware. Most people are just slowly having this dawn on them. You know, we've all heard one dog story. Oh, the dog got shot. But there's a, you know, there's a sort of double phenomenon which is going on here, which is that mostly we've thought of these as isolated incidents. And up until the age in which uh, video, citizen video, has been ubiquitous, most people have taken what what the police departments have given as their official statements as a face value. Um, Now, I think probably uh, there's plenty of minority people who could tell you that the official story by the police is very frequently not what they think happened. But when the police say subject was uh, aggressive, lethal or or excessive force was necessary in order to subdue the subject. Most people, when they see that as an official police department statement, think, okay, well, that's probably what happened. Um, There's plenty of people who have said, you know, I was certainly not resisting arrest. They just started beating me. Um, Now, I don't think all cops are like that. Um, That said, I think that there is certainly a kind of pervading mentality, which is that which I find very disturbing, which is the notion that that they are not accountable to the public for what they do. Now, um, you know, when you take a random sampling of something, that's usually a you know that's a that isn't a that is a viable way of gathering information. Now, the random sampling of citizen videos of these police cop dog shootings. Um, invariably show dogs that were not being so aggressive that they needed to be put down. Um, And it's very frequently after the police have given their official statement that these videos surface. Um, This just happened in Commerce City, Colorado. Uh, The official statement was, uh, dog was very dangerous, lunging, snapping, biting. The cop was forced to shoot her five times in order to put her down. Well, then they had already given that force when uh, a video showed up which showed directly contrary evidence to that, which was that Chloe was not at all aggressive. Um, So unfortunately what we've established here is, A, that certain cops will use excessive force without uh, thinking carefully about it, and, B, the police departments tend sometimes to lie about what happened, which is not what the police – we don't really want to think that about our police departments. So that's – I mean, they really need to be held accountable in another way. The other thing that's happening in Commerce City is that now, you know, there was a, the hearing, the the first hearing for uh, Mr. Price, the officer who shot Chloe five times, discharging his weapon five times, three feet from the dog. He managed only to hit her three times, which means that in a residential neighborhood, two bullets went somewhere else. Now, yep. is that necessary? I mean, We've been taught that police discharge their firearms. The fact that they accidentally sometimes hit other police officers tells you that it is dangerous to discharge your firearm. You really need to do that only when it's very necessary. And pumping these bullets into a dog that's not biting you does not seem like a good reason to endanger people in a residential area. Exactly. Um, and but, and, oh, and sorry, the other part of that is, let's face it, if, if I was to... Um, hear my dogs barking, or I mean, I am one of the world's worst. My dogs start barking, and I'm straight to the back door. Come on in, then. You know what I mean? And we shout them in, or whatever. So, if my dogs were to bark at the fence, and a police officer was to happen to jump over the fence, and they went to shoot at my dogs, the thing is, I'm going to be right behind my dogs. Mhm. 
Do you know what I mean? Now, also, let's face it, how many of us in the summer months I've got the dogs playing in the back garden or a dog playing in the back garden and the kids are playing ball with it or they're playing outside with the puddles or, you know, with the paddling pool, I should say. Sorry, it's half past 12 in the morning. Um, do you mean and they're playing the paddling pool, whatever? The dogs start barking. If they saw a police officer come and they, jump, again, jumped the fence or did whatever, at the end of the day, a kid will, of course, go straight behind their dog. Yeah, absolutely. Because, do you mean... So so I wonder how many other people have actually been injured as a case of this. So, for instance, a dog's been shot and, and maybe the, the bullet has ricocheted off something and gone on to somebody else. How many police, how many people or how many other dogs that weren't even doing anything were actually injured as part of this? Well, absolutely. I mean, it is a serious decision for a police officer. The statistics tell us that in a 25- or 30-year career, most police officers do not discharge their firearm outside of training scenarios. They almost never have to use them. Um, and so in some cases, I think it might be, you know, cops that sort of want to use their guns. Um, it's The other thing is I don't understand is, you know, when you shoot at a, a suspect, a human suspect, the instant that that person has been incapacitated, you don't finish them off, right? I mean, like, oh, once he's no longer I was just a threat, about to say the same thing to you, absolutely. So why is it that they're shooting at dogs, the dog is down, the dog slinks into the bushes, and they just keep pumping more bullets in? Why is that happening? We've already neutralized the threat. So why is it that there are more bullets? Why are so many of the necropsies on these dogs showing that the bullets are entering from behind while the dog is trying to get away? The firearm lethal force or, or excessive force in that way is designed to neutralize the threat. So once the threat has been incapacitated, why are they continuing to shoot? It doesn't yep. really make very much sense. Exactly, exactly. I, I just... <laughs> I must admit, I was going to say that to you because that's what gets me. And I just think to myself, okay, what is actually happening here? Because, let's face it, if they did that to a human, or, or do they already do it to a human? This is the one thing. wonders. Yeah, but I can actually say there will be a follow-up show after this, um, Not to, obviously not today, but there is going to be a show about cops that are shooting humans innocent humans, okay? And mm -hmm. I'm actually in talks with somebody about this, but this is the thing. Why do, at the end of the day, let's say we, we go into a situation and there is a human that's given it all and they, they, they come in with a weapon. If they're shot in the leg and they're then down, does that mean the police officer's got the right to go and finish them off? See, I don't believe they're supposed to do that. I don't believe that they're, they're not there to execute you. They're there to, to neutralize the threat so that you can be dealt with legally. Um, yep. Cops are not supposed to be executing criminals. That's not what they do. Um, so I think that that's, it really needs to be considered in some way. I think that there really has to be a two-pronged approach, and I disagreed with one of your other callers in that I, I appreciated what she was saying, but the idea of trying to make this appealing to cops so that there's something in it for them, they are there to protect and serve the public. We pay their taxes. 
I do not have to coddle them into deciding that they're supposed to treat the public properly. That's not what we have to do. This is a matter of their being accountable. And when they have made a mistake in some way, when they are handling a situation improperly, and when they seem to consistently handle a set of situations improperly, it is not the public's job to try to uh, feed their egos until they decide that they'd like to do differently. That's not the way, and that's what these lawsuits are, are for. Um, there really needs to be legislation and there really needs to be training. My husband uh, is a former Green Beret. He will attest to the fact that in split-second situations, it is good training that dictates your actions. That is what yeah. keeps you from having to use. Common sense is one thing, but training is the deal. You you don't have time to go, okay, well, um, I really need to do this, and, and well, is this a threat? No, you're, you have a series of, of scenarios, a, a series of forks in the road, and, and the situation you're in dictates which of those forks that you take. So training is really, really important here. Um, the fact that, for, that, that the police department's really seem to be almost universally unwilling to acknowledge wrongdoing. Um, we really need to look carefully at the fact that, that there are many people who seem to conflate being concerned with police misconduct and hatred of the police. I don't hate the police. I'm a white, middle-class, attractive woman, which means that I've had a pretty good experience with police most of my life. If I smile at them, they smile back. I don't look like I'm a problem for them. I'm one of the people that isn't going to give them trouble. And so I've, I've always thought of policemen as my friends. If I need help, I go call a cop. Um, yeah. Now I have dogs, and I think to myself, maybe policemen aren't my friends. Um, but there, it is a very easy thing. The law says that, that dogs are our property and that some people are sort of irrationally attached to that property, but essentially it's property. Um, if you if you were an organization that wished to intimidate the public, how easy is it to take something? You, you give them the instant threat of bereavement. Um, there's people that will stand up to police officers and stand up to police misconduct on their own who will certainly not do that if they believe that the dog that they love is in danger. Um, so suddenly it becomes very easy. Too many of these people are not lawbreakers. Uh, Ra's father, for example, R-A-H, that dog, um, he was pulled over because they were looking for someone else in his area. Um, they pulled him over. He was not breaking the law. They held him for an hour. He begged them. This was in Rochester. Begged them to let them to let him take his dog into the house. He was told over and over, no. He said, I'm afraid you're going to shoot my dog. One of them said, well, we may shoot you. Um, when finally... They allowed the dog to be taken out of the car. She broke loose, and all she did was try to run for her father, um, at which point they shot her in the leg first, which incapacitated her. Um, but that wasn't enough. They then stood around her and just fired into her until she was dead and then kept him in a car for over an hour looking at the corpse of his dead dog when he had done nothing wrong. So if we are establishing a police state, in which cops can now sort of just routinely pull, you know, citizens over and terrorize them and, and do something which is arguably brutalizing them. I mean, if we love our animals and their family members, killing them is a form of brutalization. This is a really scary climate. Now, I don't necessarily know that police wish to create such a terrifying climate, but that means that they have to be willing to be held accountable by the public, to have this attitude of, like, we, we call the shots. 
don't you dare tell us we're doing anything wrong. We don't listen to you when you do. Um, that's mm-hmm. really scary. Yes. Yeah. And, and the thing is, though, Beth, I mean, obviously everybody knows them in the U.K. We don't have guns on our streets at all. And if the U.K. police can deal with dogs... And we don't, I mean, I haven't heard anything on the news of recent or anything. And the one that I did hear about was funny because I never heard about it in in the UK. I heard about it from somebody in America. And that was a dog that literally was on the loose. He'd already bitten somebody, but then he ran towards a park and they were concerned for children that were playing in the park. They couldn't stop him. They tried many times and they got a marksman in to shoot the dog. Right. That's the only one that I've heard of from the UK. I'm not saying there isn't any more, but that's the only one that I've heard of. But the thing is, our police are doing exactly the same as your police. They're going into houses, but they're breaking doors down and everything else. But they've got no guns. Right, and I don't really see a lot of news stories about police officers killed by dog. Um, The other thing is that here in America, I mean, it's not as if training is not available. Postal workers routinely receive training regarding assessing the behavior of dogs, Um, Mm -hmm. which means that that training is available. Um, In the Commerce City case, again, in Colorado, that department was actually offered training because the year before they had shot a dog named Zoe. Now, I believe that Zoe actually lived. I'm not sure. Uh, but they treated that training like a big joke, like, ah, ha, ha, who cares? And then they're faced with Chloe, and they murder her. Um, you know, there's another dog also in Adams County, which is Denver, Colorado, which uh, they just did it again and shot Ziggy. They walked into his uh, his dad's business. The door was unlocked. He was minding his own business. They answered an alarm, went to the wrong address, and then opened fire on his dog. Um, and they would not allow him – again, what is the point if – I mean, it's one thing to to keep somebody that you think might be a suspect from going for a weapon or something, but to force them to sit still and not comfort their dog while their dog dies seems like nothing but cruelty to me. Yeah. Um, you know, there's the, what police are supposed to be doing is assessing threats and neutralizing them. They are not supposed to just be going around inflicting emotional torture on people. Um, and what happened in Commerce City with Chloe is that at this hearing for Officer Price, People tried to show up and support Chloe. Um, When they got to the courtroom, each and every one of them individually was deliberately misdirected by the front desk to a wrong courtroom on a wrong floor. When they all figured out that that's what happened, they made it to the right courtroom, and all of these police officers dressed in suits had spread out, so they had sort of essentially filled the courtroom. We have on video one of them refusing to move over so that a lady could sit down. Um, So they were, I mean, what sort of climate are the police creating in which they show up to intimidate uh, supporters of of the prosecution at a legal proceeding? I mean, it's one thing to, that's what I mean about conflating police misconduct with hating police work. I mean, when all of the cops are essentially saying, we don't care if what he did was wrong, all of us would have done the same thing. You have no right to tell us that what we did was wrong. That is a very, very dangerous mentality. Yep, yep. And and the thing is, I mean, I've sat here and I'm thinking to myself, you know, I think most of us can actually say, if somebody came even in my into my back garden, my dogs and most people would be protecting. 
And, and that even goes for people like, for instance, the guy that was on the street, the homeless guy. He was having right, a fit. His dead. dog was protecting him because he felt that the police were being a threat to his owner. Right. And did you know that, did you, like, when we look at that star, the New York dog, after the cops said that they shot star because she was preventing them from helping the homeless man. However, (laughs) video and still photograph evidence shows that after star was shot, they ignored the homeless guy. They left him laying (laughs) on the sidewalk. So like, was why did you shoot the dog then? I mean, if you were you're saying that it's because you wanted to protect a citizen and the dog wouldn't let you, why'd you let him lay there choking on his own saliva then? That doesn't really make very much sense. Um, I'm not saying all cops are bad. I'm really not. But I do think that there is this group think that they kind of get indoctrinated into in which they're supposed to protect their own regardless of what their own happens to do. Um, and they're very, very hostile to the idea that anyone outside, you know, outside of the blue wall of protection should ever question any of their decisions. Um, we live in an age of video in which now their official statement is not necessarily the only thing um, that they, you know, they have. They, they can now say, well, you know, the suspect was coming right for us and we were forced to shoot. And their dash cam says, no, suspect was standing right there and you, you know, whatever. I mean, it they really need to understand at this point that there is a level of accountability. And we all saw Serpico, you know, I mean, 25 years ago or whatever, you know, so the, the idea that, that cops sometimes believe that they're above the law and sometimes disregard the law in order to, to catch a lawbreaker or something. I mean, we all sort of are aware of that, but I don't think we understand that it still goes on. And, there really has to yep. be a way of saying when a when a police department gives out a demonstrably false official statement regarding the conduct of their officer, that really needs to be dealt with. That is a disciplinary issue. We can't just say, well, yeah, you know, I mean, that's just what cops do. Exactly, exactly. How is how are people feeling though? Do you, do you think that? We can actually, and and I agree with you in the sense of, never mind asking police, we need to say to them that they've got to start doing things. I mean, because I've got this real thing on this discrimination of dogs, if you're going to say that, uh, you know, let's face it, if we put a row of 10 dogs, um, all different breeds in a row, does that mean that a police officer officer is just going to say, well, a pit bull is going to be more nasty than any of the others? Well, you know, I mean... It's arguable that there is still racial profiling that goes on in, the, in police departments in which if you lined up 10 guys, they're going to say the black and Latin guys yep. might be the problem. So, um, you know, I mean, I think that that's, that's definitely an issue. And certainly they're receiving sensitivity training about the fact that white people also break the law and maybe we shouldn't just, you know. Uh, and so I think the same thing needs to, to happen with police. I sort of see their reasoning in that if it's a larger breed of dog, I mean, if you've got three criminals coming at you, you're probably going to take down the big dude first. You know, I mean, the one that looks like a chihuahua is not going to put your officer in the hospital. However, all of them have mace and all of them have tasers. If bear spray will stop a, a bear, why are they not reaching to the same belt that holds their gun and pulling something less lethal instead? Yep. Yep. 
But I mean, I don't in, understand that. In the UK, that. when I was speaking to somebody today, they said they actually, if they're going to do a raid and they already have done questions, they've already checked, they go and take cans of dog food and they'll take spray and such like to stop it. So surely to goodness, that could still be the same thing, couldn't it? That could be the same. You know, why can't all, I know this sounds ridiculous, but maybe a police car with a big bag of um, dog biscuits or whatever and chuck a load on the back garden and, and, and just let it get on with it while you're doing what you need to do. Well, you know, one wonders about that. There's, there is also, you know, examination of this phenomenon, which is that at some point police officers were considered peace officers. That's what they were called. They were officers of the peace. They were there to preserve the peace. However, since the advent of homeland security, now we have tiny towns in Nebraska that think they need armored Hummers, you know. I mean, and so there's this weird thing that's happening um, and when they started to get into this more paramilitary mindset, then the notion of assault rifles, I mean, some of these dogs have been shot with, for Christ's sake, assault rifles. Are you kidding me? Um, yeah. But there's sort of this notion that I think they've seen too many movies or something. I'm not really sure. But now suddenly there's this sort of idea that, like, well, collateral damage just can't be helped, you know. I mean, so, like, if somebody gets killed because we're, you know, we all kick down a door and, I mean, it just doesn't really make very much sense, but there there really is a change since Homeland Security and since the advent of sort of paramilitary weaponry for police officers, just a sort of less regard for the citizen. I mean, we're all yeah. sort of considered these hapless, less-than-human nuisances who might get in the way while they're doing stuff. And, uh, you know, it, it really doesn't seem like... They don't like when we say the words, I have the right. Uh, you know, I mean, and it's not just, you've seen, the, everybody around the world has seen the, the cop walking past the kids sitting on the sidewalk during the Occupy movement and then just dousing all of them with mace when they were already sitting quietly. Um, they're not trained to do that. They're not trained to hurt you. Or if they are, we really need to look at why that's happening. Um, why is it they're really supposed to stop the criminal activity and then take you in so that you can be dealt with by the law? They're yeah. not supposed to just be hurting you or teaching you lessons or executing people that they think are guilty or executing dogs that they think are guilty. Um, but harming our, our canine family members really seems like a very easy legal way to sort of uh, – introduce this threat to people and uh, not be accountable for it. Exactly, exactly. I, I must admit, I've just, um, while you were talking then, I've just been looking because I've actually found one um, video that is on YouTube, and I'll put it into the um, chat room, and it's actually a dog that was shot after it was um, attacking UK um, police. Mm -hmm. I've only just oh. found that this one, to be honest. Um, but honestly, the, these police, obviously, are not. it's not just a case of it's dangerous, we'll shoot it. The, these police officers are actually fighting to try and get this dog under control beforehand. Is that the one that, like, five cops were bitten? Uh, yes, I think it is, actually. Yes. Yeah, that I, I recognize that one. And, yeah, sure, there are times... 
I mean, even with, with dogs that belong to criminals, the dogs didn't didn't get the memo that what their family was doing was illegal. I mean, they're really exactly. still just trying to do their job, which means that, yep. you know, people tend to sort of, well, if the dog was, you know, if their dad was selling cocaine, it's okay to shoot the dog. The dog doesn't know what cocaine is. I mean, you're still supposed to try to humanely neutralize the threat. There are times in which that's not possible. Everyone understands that. I mean, everybody gets that there are times when this is inevitable. But when a dog is slinking away into the bushes and you're shooting it in the back, that's not one of those times. Exactly, exactly. But then, you know, I've also got to say as well what got me is that people are very quick to say, well, you know, know, we've had people that have come in and obviously there's been a raid on a home or whatever, and they've come in and, and then these people are saying, oh, but they shot my dog. I also need to chuck it back at these criminals that are saying, oh, but they shot my dog. Hey, hold on a minute. You just got to hold on a moment. Why were they at your house? Because you broke the law. They've got to take a certain amount of responsibility for that because if they hadn't broken the law, they wouldn't have had to break down their door to actually come in in the first place. Do you know what I mean? Well, I think that's to some degree that's true. But if you look at like a Ruby Ridge, for example, I mean, everybody knows about Ruby Ridge. Uh, uh, I can't even remember his name now, but he's, you know, he was this sort of anti-government guy that had holed up with too many guns or whatever. And when the ATF or the FBI came to get him at Ruby Ridge, they ended up shooting his 14-year-old son. Um, they also shot his wife through the head while she was standing in the doorway holding their infant. After she was shot in the head, she still managed, as her body crumpled, to let her baby down onto the floor gently while she was dying. So, yes, it's true. They shouldn't. It's the, it's the criminal's fault for being there, but collateral damage still. I mean, you can't oh, no. just... No, no. Listen to me. I'm not saying that if you if you've done it, if you're a criminal that you should have your dog shot. I don't mean that in in one slight odor. But what I'm saying is, people are very quick then to chuck it all at the cops. On them situations, there's other people that are responsible for it as well. Well, yeah, sure, absolutely. I mean, if you're going to break the law, I'm not. It, at the end of the day, like I said um, it, with Jim um, before. You can end up where, for instance, I'm going back to drug people again, but, you know, if we've got a drug user that's a family man as well, that means that their child may have a pet pit bull. They yes, might absolutely. not be protecting the drugs, might, might not even have anything to do with the dad of the family or the mum of the family. It may be the child's pet. They mm-hmm. can't just discriminate and say, well, because it's a drug-using um, drug family or it's a drug abuser or whatever else, it must be dangerous because that's not always the case. We, we let's face it. You can have an ordinary. Um, uh, let's change it back round. An eight-year-old woman who's got a beautiful um, dog that's literally fine with her. But as soon as somebody else walks through the door, it's so used to protecting her, she never has visitors. And as soon as somebody comes in, it goes at them. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know what I mean? And that doesn't mm-hmm. mean that it doesn't have to be a pit bull. It can be a chihuahua or anything else. You know. But the thing is, we do need to literally, um, especially with your help, especially with Jim Crosby, with Eddie and everybody, I think it's time for change. We need to start changing how we feel about these things in the sense of how can we make changes, how can we get um, these courses, 
um, and start to teach the, the police, the ones that don't have interaction with their dogs even more so, to be able to see what, what the situation is, not just shoot them. There is alternatives. They don't have to shoot each one. Yes, that's absolutely true, because as you brought up, there are, there are cops who are going to say, well, I was bitten as a child, and I don't. But personal prejudice is not supposed to be how they enforce the law. Um, you know, absolutely. any more than I don't like this race, so I'm going to treat them differently when I arrest them. That's just not acceptable. Um, so yep. really what this, what my documentary, Cop vs. Canine, is about and what the book is about is looking at not only how how cops can be trained differently, but how the citizenry can be a little bit better equipped. What do I do when police come into my house? Um, what can I do to make it so that they don't think my dog is a threat? Now, I don't believe it's completely their responsibility. Too many of these people, the cops have said, get your dog. And while they're reaching for their dog, the cop has already opened fire. So that's just not appropriate. Um, you know, yep. Colonel, the bull terrier that was sniffing the grass near the cop, and he says, get your dog, get your dog, bam, bam, bam. You know, the guy never had a chance to get his dog. So we really, yep. it's a matter of working together with both. First of all, there needs to be consistent criminal repercussion for police that use excessive force. There needs to be repercussion for departments that lie about how it happened. There has to be some responsibility on the part of, of people who, you know, I mean, we can't just let our dogs run around uh, willy-nilly. We have to be aware of how to make sure our dogs are controllable, um, things like that. But there really needs to be a bunch of things set in place so that there is a legal precedent um, so that the next time this happens, you know, police departments don't want to pay $600,000, and I, with all my heart, hope that Rosie's owners win that lawsuit. Um, they deserve yep. that. She was terribly, terribly treated, that poor dog. Um, but there really just needs to be a series of, of checks and balances put in place so everybody knows what they're supposed to be doing, and they can't just say, well, hey, you know what, that's just the way it went. Um, there's just too many of these. It happens too much too much, and we've established that I think that hopefully what a lot of this legislation will do can also change the status of dogs as far as as uh, realizing that they are not just property. They are beloved family members, and when yeah. you look at the fact that we secrete as much dopamine when we're, you know, around our dogs as we do when we're in love, well, that says that the emotional damage that a police officer is causing by shooting our dog is is, is is wholesale devastation. You cannot deny it. Mom's on the phone, Vitamin. Vitamin would like to be on the radio, I think, my cat. Um, you know, there's... If <laughs> <laughs> you heard me. Uh, yeah, yes. Sorry, I won't, uh, I won't allow Vitamin to, to uh, encroach <laughs> on our, our uh, conversation. But it's there really fine. has to be some, uh, some way of quantifying the fact that this, this if you are damaging... A member of the public that badly emotionally by what you've done, there really has to be some significance for it. These are living sentient beings who do not deserve to to be murdered because they're trying to protect their family or just because they're walking along or wanting to greet. Too many of these dogs have been wagging their tails. Yeah, yep. And also, let's face it, we've had it where. Um, proof of the pudding in the sense of we've looked at these dogs and they've been shot from behind, they've been mm -hmm. shot, uh, you know, in the leg or whatever, but then they've been shot um, dead after. You know, mm -hmm. all that, that's so totally, totally wrong. And and they are definitely the sort of things that definitely needs to be stopped. 
And 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 the thing is, they they haven't really got an argument, or especially when we can say in the UK that we haven't got dogs. Uh, we haven't got dogs. Maybe I'm tired. It's now one o'clock in the morning. Um, it, we haven't got guns. We're not having our dog shot except on absolute extreme emergencies. They are right. using using pepper spray and using tins of dog food and stuff to calm down a situation. Yeah, it's really just a matter of, at, at least over here, it seems to just be that, you know, uh, police departments are, they're kind of, I hate to say it, but there really is a mentality that they really don't have to do what the public says, and regardless of whether it's, you know, please don't pepper spray a bunch of students who are sitting quietly, or please don't pump bullets into my dogs, they really seem almost universally unwilling to to capitulate in any way. They really just seem to, the the official statement is always, this was completely justified. I mean, the, the department that those people that shot Rosie, the Newfoundland, that department is still saying, hey, totally justified. She was just sitting there, and, and, you know, after they shot her a couple times with an assault rifle, these officers were clapping each other on the back and saying, nice, nice shot. Really? That's totally justified? Um, there just has to be some some level of accountability for people who are supposed to be public servants. We respect what they do, but that does not mean that we aren't allowed to question it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. So I'm, I'd I like to plug totally. my, uh, my show and then go, because I have rehearsal tonight. I do theater. But um, if you will uh, go to Cop versus Canine on Facebook, look for Cop versus Canine, the hidden epidemic that's killing our companions. You can also find us on Blogspot and on Twitter. Excellent. Well, Beth, thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. I really appreciate uh, you calling in. And, uh, you know, anything we can do, by all means, call in the show anytime. Excellent. Well, help me raise funds when I get the Indiegogo campaign going. How about that? It's okay. I'm doing this, trying to do the same myself because I've literally, I'm doing these shows six days a week. And I'm trying to get the awareness out there and everything else. And it's exactly, there's so many of us trying to do so much. Um, yep. The thing is with the show is that I'm trying to help so many of all different stories, and I really do need the funding because if I don't get the funding, I won't be able to continue with the shows. And it'll be a shame because I, I would hope to think that most of you will agree that, you know, we've got a lot of awareness out there for individual stories, but also groups of people with dogs as well. Amen, absolutely. So, yes, give Sue some money. She deserves it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much, and you have a great evening. Yeah, and you, Beth. Thanks very much indeed. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Take care. And thank you very much to Beth for calling in. And I'm not sure if um, Eddie is still on the line. Eddie, are you still here? Uh, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Yes, I'm still here. I was just listening, and uh, she had a lot of interesting points uh, that, that she covered and everything. Uh and yes, I, I, we can't stress enough that our, our canines are our family members. They mean so much. And how many times don't you come home as much as you might be stressed out? It seems like they got magical powers or something because it does something for you. You know, and usually it's, uh, they're the first ones to greet you. I mean, uh, the, the kids or the family, you know, they might uh, uh, wait for the greeting, but that canine, that dog is always there. First one at the door. And yep. as you know, you've heard stories. And one particular uh, incident, they did this 
50 times they tested this. And an individual left for work. As he was leaving for work, the dog would run to the window. And waiting for his owner, they did this 50 times to see if at any one time it would change, and it wouldn't change. The dog did the same thing. And, uh, yeah. you know, that, 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 that says a lot. And I've heard stories even from uh, my coworkers. Uh, I had one coworker, yes, my dog waits for me at the window when I'm coming in. Uh, my dog does the same thing. For some reason, he's looking out the window when I'm pulling up. Uh, and I live on a higher level. So, obviously, uh, you know, I know they can pick up scent, but they know. It seems like they have an, an internal clock mechanism. Yep. See? Uh, and, of course, their, their, their sense of smell is uh, extraordinary, where they can pick up your scent at a great distance at that. But uh, until we get, you know, officers, the thing about, and let me mention if she's still listening, uh, is that all an officer has to say is that they felt threatened. And that's what yep. gives them the right to use whatever force they choose to um, uh, execute at that particular time. And with, with, a, with a dog, they, they will say the dog uh, was aggressive. The dog attacked, and unless somebody has something on, on video, which I encourage people to, you know, everybody has cell phones now, and you can uh, yeah. actually document any type of scenario that's occurring, uh, which is important. Uh, but also, as I, I think I stated before on your show, uh, the U.S. Department of Justice does have a manual for the training of police officers. And one of the things that uh, it does also state is that a police officer, let, let them beware that they are subject and open to lawsuits because you're referring to people's property. See? And sometimes some people don't even have the money to take it to that extent. Some do, uh, unless the lawyer takes it on consignment uh, because it's a very valid uh, 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 case then, you know, that's where some problems uh, uh, run into and everything. Uh, we had one case in uh, Gates, New York, here near Rochester, New York, where a dog was shot sitting in, uh, in front of his uh, home. Uh, he was Chino, uh, a master, and uh, he was on the leash, but it, it, it was uh, detached from the base, but he was just sitting. And the officer actually shot the dog. And the 14-year-old son actually saw the officer shoot uh, the dog as he was a- approaching. You see, and they had an eyewitness that saw the whole scenario, saw the whole scenario, and saw the officer looking both ways when he shot the dog. You see, so these are the cases, and obviously, the the, the dog was put down because of uh, the extent of the injuries, and the family could not afford the surgery which was, a, you know, a sad situation because they could have uh, given him the proper medical care, you see. Yes. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I think when we come on board and I, I took a bold step in a, a, a addressing the sheriff's department and we're working on something and we, we do monitor things that are going on and, you know, we just have to move forward and give other communities the same hope that it, change will come. Change will come 
And, you know, we have, uh, well, you, you have your broadcast, but I also have two Internet uh, editors, news reporters, that are there to report what we're doing. Any, anything that, that's happening, uh, newsworthy with the canines, and they're very strong advocates, and this is what we need. We're, we got an ex-police officer that just came on board, and she is a dog trainer now. So she served on both sides, and she's an asset because of what she knows in, in dog training. So this, yeah. these are the things we want to address. I didn't start another dog rescue group because there's an, enough out there, and we do support and partnership. I just wanted to address the legal aspect, the legal aspect of the situation, laws that might need to be changed. The other day I spoke to an animal control officer from the Humane Society, and he told me the same thing. He said, you know, some of these laws uh, definitely have to be looked at again because there needs to be laws for more protection. You know, uh, dogs left in an abandoned building as a guard dog in cold temperatures, no heat. You know, uh, a lot of exactly. valid, yes, that need to be looked at because, you know, eight hours is long enough for any dog to be alone. Yep. Let alone I agree with that, hours, certainly. 20, 24 hours, you know, um, and they already know more or less when you're getting home, so you can imagine if you took longer, you know, their, their frustration, but um, we, we have to value them as uh, what they are, and we're supposed to be caretakers. You know, that, that's what gets me, is that we're supposed to be caretakers uh, of them, and uh, a lot of people are just not acknowledging uh, what they are, you know, and uh, what they can be in our lives on a daily basis. And, and you know exactly. what? One of the pre- president, uh, President Roosevelt was given a dog to soothe his his tension, his stress during World War II. And uh, obviously, there is a memorial. Uh, Roosevelt, obviously, him in his wheelchair, but he's got his canine. They allowed the canine uh, a, a memorial to go up as well next to him. So that just goes to show you how they valid our canines. Uh, Abraham Lincoln, you know, when you start into the canine uh, um, uh, causes and everything, you like to read up on a lot of things, but Abraham Lincoln was the only one that didn't take his dog to the White House because of the train, the fright. The dog was scared of the, the steam, the whistles, so they weren't able, he wasn't able to take him to the White House. But yes. if our Congress people value their, their dogs that they take them to Washington with them during the congressional leaders, well, it means that they have them in high standards. Exactly. I, I just, I, I must admit, tonight's been absolutely brilliant, and we've had so many different sides. We've had, <clears throat> everybody's been positive on the thoughts of actually changing and, and like you say, bringing things together and everything. But the thing is, Eddie, it still comes back to the same thing. If the U.K. can do it and they don't need guns, the U.S. can't say that they need to do it because of this, that, and the other. The U.K. don't use them. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? So, so yeah. it, it, they can't say, well, hold on a minute, well, this, that, and the other. Because 
let's face it, the reality is this. If they're going to say that a dog may be a threat, so we're going to shoot it, that means that it isn't going to be long. If we let this go, does that mean that in time to come, if a 12-year-old comes around the corner and they think there may be a possibility he's holding a gun, that they're going to shoot him? Uh-huh. Exactly. You mean? So does that mean if my son comes out and he goes round from round the corner, you know, quite quickly towards the police officer because he's protecting me, does that mean that they're going to shoot him? Right, right. And obviously, any owner would, would uh, if they can do it, they would stand between their dog and the officer. That's that's Absolutely. only a natural, uh, natural response because. I would do the same thing. And let me tell you, I had an incident where there was a roadblock, and uh, the officer had to go down the road because I needed to get to my house. I had to step out the car, and my dog slipped out the car, and the first thing I yelled out was that he didn't bite. And obviously, because of the my dog's uh, high kick spirit, the officer saw that. The officer happened to be a sergeant. And the officer started petting him and everything and then I gave him a command to get in the car, which he did. So there he saw an example of a dog being obedient to command and of, uh, of the pit bull breed uh, status. Um, so if he can do it, why can't any other officer do it? Yep. You see? Yep. And it's the body language that you immediately read, your responses, uh, tone of voice. And as you said, even if you've got a uh, carry a treat, whatever it takes, whatever it takes. And, uh, and that's, that's how you can deal with uh, the situation in a uh, non-lethal uh, manner. Exactly, exactly. How, how many more dogs have been recently then? Have we had any more in the last couple of weeks? Uh, just one, uh, and that was Cody. Cody that was shot on the Shalot Pier, which is uh, on Lake Ontario, in the part of the Great Lakes, uh, in, on the eastern region in, in the state of New York. That's right. Uh, I saw about but, Cody, yes. Yes. But now that you're talking about the statistics a little bit, um, the RPD, Rochester Police Department, has had uh, 78 dog shootings since 2009. So that's uh, three years. That's a lot. Uh, where New York City hasn't even had them in a three-year span. So that says a lot when you have a larger population in New York City. See, so it, it, it gives a sign, a red flag goes up, what is going on? You see? Yeah. 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 So, uh, and do you know, Eddie, no to, to, literally, to literally run alongside this, and this is going to be a future show, I've actually been talking to somebody, I'm not going to say too much at the moment, but... I've been talking to somebody who's been giving me figures of innocent humans that have been shot as well by the police. Oh, yeah, yeah. I could, I could uh, uh, believe that. Do you know what I mean? And, and I'm thinking, so hold on a minute. This is not just a police come dog um, incident, and, and apparently there's been a cat as well, but this is also to do with humans as well. So, mm-hmm. so it does come to the same thing we say about this. When they start with dogs, it moves to other things. Well, maybe that's the score with the police too. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? If we've just let yeah. them get away with the 
the dog situation, does that mean then they think they're invincible and they can do the, the adults as well? Maybe there's something we need to be questioning the whole police training, not just about the dogs, about everything. Right, right. Then that calls, uh, goes into question. Um, but to my understanding, when I had asked the, 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 the uh, commander, uh, he just said some facts that they, they do get a review uh, from uh, a state agency. So obviously uh, the, the, the Monroe County Sheriff doesn't have the frequency of those incidences uh, of dog shooting uh, as RPD, as I just uh, quoted their statistics. Um, but, you know, it just makes you think, first of all, they are there to protect and serve. It's to have regard for life and property. Now, are they doing this? It's, it's simple. Are they doing it or not? And when you're destroying uh, people's pets, their dogs, saying they're aggressive when they're not, we all know that's the nature of a dog. It, it, it bites. You'll never be able to change that the structure. The, that's nature. You know, uh, they go by yeah. scent. They go by instinct. Uh, they bark. Uh, my dog, if he hears a sound, he'll bark, and I'll tell him that's okay, and then he hushes up. See, I give him the assurance that it's okay. The coast is clear. But I'm pleased yeah. that he can hear something I can't hear. And maybe yep. I will check it out to see what it is. You see? Yep. And that's 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 part of their 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 nature is to protect their owner, their master, their owner. Um, and the pit bull breed is a, such a loyal breed and that's that what they'll do just like any other breed. Um yeah. but to heighten the fact that they're more aggressive is totally unfair. It's it's not a reliable source. Um, and I had to correct the news media guy who he didn't have his facts together before even reporting them. And I said that's the poor job of being uh, in the media, you know, of the press, you know, because you're supposed to report facts and not just assume. Yep. You see? Yep. So, exactly. Yeah, but but the the media situation has been. Uh, Forever. I mean, as far as uh, bad publicity on a particular breed, uh, they've done it for so long that it's, it's, it's part of their news reporting now. Yeah. Do you, I'll have to find the link for you, Eddie. There was um, an actual page that we found the other day, and it was actually said about different statistics. And one of it was like saying how many... Um, if, if a dog's bitten somebody, say a Labrador, I'm just going to use examples. If a Labrador had bitten a child, um, how many shows did it get on or how many, much media attention did it get? And it would be like one or two shows. Then it gets right. on to then, um, like, uh, it went up and up on different dogs. It got to pit bulls, and it was ridiculous numbers. I mean, you know, it's just crazy. And I'm thinking... One dog bit and it got this, and one dog bit and it got hundreds. Where it, it's just mad. Media really isn't helping us. It, well, hopefully this one is, but most media isn't helping. Right. 
Do you know what I mean? We, we need to be changing the way that they're thinking. We need to start something to literally say to people, hold a minute, let's not chuck out the bad stuff that's happening. Let's do something together that literally changes the way that people are thinking. Right. Do you mean? And, and the, we've got and all... The, 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 sorry, and the thing on. about it, just, just to add on to what you're saying, is that what, what catches my attention is if they want community support with their department, then people are reluctant for the simple fact that they're killing their dogs and then exercising uh, certain procedures that are not right, you know. So how are you going to get community support that you, that you're uh, uh, wanting if you are doing this in the community? See, I mean, because who's yep. going to call the police on a on a stray dog if they know that the police will get involved and the dog will possibly get shot? Yeah. <laughs> yep. And, of course, um, down in certain areas, the, the problem is more, like in Texas, Louisiana, Florida, you have a lot of uh, uh, stray dogs uh, that, you know, they, they, it, it's a, a common problem that they do have. But, you know, you can't go around shooting every dog because they're, they're a stray. Exactly, exactly. And, and again, the, the trouble is when you've got strays, a lot of the times we don't know if they're strays or if they're just lost or, exactly. do you know what I mean? Which then leads to the same thing again. We've got the spay and neuter issue. We've got the microchipping issue. Uh, we've got dog ownership and licensing issues. And again, like I always keep saying, it's all about this big umbrella with everything is all together. So it comes down to spay neutering, um, it, you know, abuse, um, licenses, um, you know, and all these different things are, all need to be put together in one place. Right. Do you know what I mean? I just want to say, Eddie, I have just put um, a page together for everybody, and it's called, called Not All Dogs Are Dangerous, Let's Work Together for Change, because I think we need to start putting pictures of beautiful dogs that are pit bulls or whatever the breed, let's start showing people what these dogs are about. Let's put some good, but also let's show people that we're working together. So that doesn't that means that Eddie, you can put any of your links on. That means that anything that we're going to work together, it's where everybody can. We need to get everybody in one place that we can make a change. Let's put links on here so we can start getting stuff all together, because all these individual groups are brilliant, but the thing is, if we're not interacting with each other, then things aren't going to move as fast as we want them to. Right. Don't you think, I mean, a lot of this, we have got some fantastic groups, but it's the same thing. We've got so many people doing different things that we need to all confined in each other with all the different things that we're finding out. Because something that you're just about to find out, somebody on another group may have already found all that out for you, and they can just say, oh, it's okay, Eddie, I've done all that for you. And that's just saved you time. Are, are you still there? Yes, I'm still here. <laughs> it's okay. Don't worry. It's been a long show. <laughs> yes, it has been. Um, 
so Eddie, uh, what we'll do is we'll get you to put all the links onto the show, um, okay. onto the show group after, and then obviously people can join that. And also, if anybody want, if you want to put some links onto the new page as well, that's fine too. Okay. Okay, I sure will. Okay, Eddie, thanks very much for thank calling you. into the show. Yes, thank, thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Cheers, love. Bye bye. Bye bye. And thank you to Eddie for joining the show. Um, if anybody else wants to give us a call in before we um, close the show, it has been three and a half hours of show. So uh, what we'll do is we will have a quick song. And if anybody wants to add some more, no, um, uh, do another phone call, by all means give us a call in, 347-327-9694. If you want to add your last few comments to the show to finish it off. Give us a call in, 347-327-9694, and we'll just have a little tune, and uh, then we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. If it hadn't been for Cotton Eye Joe, I'd been married a long time ago. Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from, Cotton Eye Joe? If it hadn't been for Cotton Eye Joe, I'd been married a long time ago. Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from, Cotton Eye
Hi, and welcome back to the Ask Sue Show, where we've been talking about police officers that have been shooting our dogs. Um, what an amazing show. We have had so many different sides to the story. We've also seen from the police side. We've seen from the owner side. We've seen from the dog situation. But also, we need to also see that we need to work as a team. This is where we need to start putting all of our heads together and start to decide on how we move forward. I firstly want to just send my total sympathy to all those people that have lost their dogs. So wrong. We need to literally start getting together, sharing these stories, but most of all, getting it out there so that we can move for change. So that if we have a knock on the door, or if we um, we know of a neighbour that ends up having a situation where they have got a, or having a drugs raid or whatever, because we've even had where people have been, unfortunately, had it where the police have come to a wrong address and shot a dog. All of this we need to put a stop to, and like I've said quite a few times now. If they can do it in the UK, and it means they're not using the guns, and they're not shooting our dogs, then obviously there must be something that America can do also. If any police officers want to get in touch with me after the show to literally talk about how they would like to see change, maybe they've got some ideas for training, maybe they've got some ideas of what we can do as a team to work together, by all means, give me an email, asksueshow at gmail.com. And that's asksueshow at gmail.com. Also, I have set up a blog, and I will be putting all the links that were in the show tonight into the blog. Okay? And the blog is called asksueshow.blogspot.co.uk. That's asksueshow at Start that again. Asksueshow.blogspot.co.uk, and that's the Ask Sue blog where you can literally um, go and have a look. You can have the up-to-date shows, um, and also there'll be the links from from tonight's show as well. So please go to that. Also, we've got the Ask Sue Show group. This is where we post links to dogs that need rescuing. Um, and that one is actually, it's facebook.com forward slash groups, and it's 459079800771695 forward slash. Just to repeat that, that's www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash 459079800771695 forward slash so you can join there and you can literally put in um, we've got links of dogs that need rehoming stories about dogs cats um, and also various other shows that are brought to the limelight as well with the Ask Sue show I am also on Twitter um, and that's Ask Sue Davis or if you type in Ask Sue you'll find me also And I have got the pages linked into my Twitter, so if you post on any of the pages that we've got, it actually goes onto the Twitter as well. So by all means, everybody can join there as well. Um, 
let's see if we can start to make change. Um, I have set up the page, and it is called, oh, I'm just going off the link, hold on. Uh, it's called Not All Dogs. Start again. Not all dogs are dangerous. Let's work together for change. Um, and this is so where we can all work together, where we can put the links. Anybody that thinks that we can start to make that difference as far as if you've got a, an idea about how we can work together to make a change. It doesn't just have to be about the dog laws. It could be anything. But we need to start putting petitions. You know, we need to start putting all things together. We have petitions, but we need to be able to work it in even bigger. So maybe if we start to put petitions on there, we can all network one petition at a time and start making it work. Um, I'm going to be shutting the show down very, very soon. Um, I just want to give everybody the opportunity to call in if you've got any last moments that you would like to ring in and just say for a couple of words. The number is 347-327-9694. Um, and if you want to speak to me after the show, it's asksueshow at gmail.com. Um, it has been an absolute fantastic show. I want to, again, thank um, Chief Shepherd for calling in. I want to thank Jim Crosby, Eddie, Beth, um, and everybody else. I'm sure I will have forgotten somebody. But I want to thank everybody that has called in tonight. It, it, it makes a big difference when we have got everybody behind us. And I really want to keep this show going, but obviously funding does become an issue because I can't do everything by myself. You can go to the Ask Sue show page, and the chip, is in, chip in is there. So if you want me to be able to get this even further, by all means, any help that you can donate, or if you've got ideas or whatever, please, please email me, asksueshow at gmail.com. That's asksueshow at gmail.com. And you, we have got the chip in. It's asksueshow.chipin.com forward slash ask hyphen sue hyphen show. And that link will be put onto the blog as well for anybody who would like to donate to be able to keep the show going. Um, I would like to thank again everybody that's called in. You've been absolutely fantastic. Thank you very much to Krista, who's just put a great show. Thank you very much for staying right to the very end. I appreciate all of your support. Thank you very much to all of my listeners. Thank you very much to everybody who has been a great support. And uh, the inbox messages I have had today has been absolutely amazing. Of everybody that's been back in the show today for this we have got many, many topics that I want to bring to the limelight, but I need to literally get this show bigger and spread out there. So please share the links of the archives, share the links to the shows that will be coming up in the future. And uh, I would like to thank everybody for joining us, for calling in, and for making that difference. Thank you very much to everybody who is part of this team. Let's start and let's do the time for change. So please join the group, the new page. Not all dogs are dangerous. Let's work together for change. Let's start, start making that difference. Thank you very much to everybody who's joined the show. Show at gmail.com. Thank you and good night to everybody. And please be safe and keep your dog safe too.
Good night, and thank you very much for joining us. Goodbye. Bye.